Hello and welcome to Date Your Ego, Marry Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Serafina, and I am an ego and soul enthusiast. We can no longer be strangers to our egos and how they function. So come and join me as we find out why and how this philosophy of dating your ego but marrying your soul is true and useful for you. Today we get to talk about yoga, a word that has become commonplace in our society. But I wanted to delve a little deeper into its source, what it means, and what it can achieve for us. Every practitioner of yoga will tell you they feel like a different person after a yoga session. They feel aligned, they feel at peace. But then come a series of problems with the week and out of the door flies the peace and the calm. How can we use yoga to sustain the peace and calm that we achieve? How can yoga take us on a journey towards our soul? How can yoga benefit us at the deepest level? To answer these questions, I am so delighted and honored that we have an authentic voice from India from the Himalayas nonetheless. We have a student of yoga who is trained in the Yoga Sutras that were written by Sage Patanjali. It does not get more authentic than that. Please welcome Satyarupa, a yoga and wellness instructor from the Himalayas in India. Without further ado, let's listen in. Yoga is a science of the union of the soul with the creator. If you follow it correctly, it's a process of gaining harmony in the body, mind and soul. It has to be learned correctly, experienced correctly with the right guru. It's a complete sadhana in itself. And sadhana is a systematic form of practice which can bring a transformation on the physical, on the mental, on the spiritual level of your being and give you the kind of strength, the kind of inner locus that can help you deal with life, to help you go beyond life, to get answers to all your questions. There are various types of yoga. Yoga is actually has a meaning in Sanskrit of union. There's different forms available to suit different personalities and different objectives of the practitioner. I do believe that in order to get the full aspect of yogic practice, you need a guru who is actually living that life of yoga. The key to getting the best out of your yoga practice is the yamas and the niyamas. And these comprise your interaction with the world and your self-discipline, which makes life much easier for you and which makes life very balanced. The most important aspect is detoxification of the body. So we have practices which are specific to the asanas, the systems of various practices, breathing techniques, meditation techniques, which detoxify the body. Once the body is detoxified, it is ready to take on a deeper practice. We have the five main pranas and the upa pranas, which is the direction of flow of pranic energy. You're rectifying that. 
you're working on detoxifying your body therefore you are keeping yourself in a zone of wellness my journey with spirituality began with strangely enough with buddhist breathing techniques and those breathing techniques were the starting point and that desperate need for wanting something something more than what i was experiencing in life and then the creative energy just took over and i've had the most tremendous most beautiful experiences today when i sit here talking to you i do believe that all the misery that i had and all the disappointment that i had was actually the greatest blessing of my life May I extend a very warm welcome to you Satyarupa. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show and giving me an opportunity to share my thoughts about this wonderful science. The honor is all mine. Now, before we get into the truths of yoga and getting access to some of your knowledge, could you tell us a bit about yourself and about how you got involved with yoga? Well, I'm a woman of the world. I've had a very wonderful career, discovered a lot of things about the world, but along that journey, I had a lot of problems. I had a lot of emotional issues and relationship issues which were creating tremendous stress for me and i was looking for a way out to be able to cope up that's how my journey began and it has done wonders for me i've learned things i didn't know existed though i live in india the truths about the science which can be a great source of strength for every human being Yes, I'd like to ask you more about that, but I think to start it would be fitting to get your answer to the following question. What is yoga? Yoga is a science of the union of the soul with the creator. It's a process if you follow it correctly, it's a process of gaining harmony in the body, mind and soul. it's an internal journey it's a very personal journey that a person goes through it has to be learned correctly experienced correctly with the right guru and it's a complete sadhana in itself what does sadhana mean sadhana is a systematic form of practice which can bring a transformation in yourself transformation on the physical on the mental on the spiritual level of your being and give you the kind of strength the kind of inner locus that can help you deal with life to help you go beyond life to get answers to all your questions it's great to know that the benefits and the meaning of our yoga practice is way deeper than just physical fitness Could you tell us how many types of yoga there are? There are various types of yoga. Yoga is actually has a meaning in Sanskrit of union. Now, there's different forms available to suit different personalities and different objectives of the practitioner. We have uh, kriya yoga which is a very high form of yoga which helps you redirect the subtle energies of the body. but in order to practice kriya yoga you need to have a lot of experience prior you need to 
undergo a systematic detoxification of the body. And then you have Swar Yoga. Swar Yoga is the yoga of the breath. We have three channels of breath flowing through our nostrils. The right, the left, and complete balance between the two. We mm-hmm. call it the Ida, Pingla, and Sushumna Nadis. So that science in itself can bring about a transformation and the personality can help you cope up with certain physical ailments as well because it touches upon your uh, glandular secretions, it touches upon your pranic energy levels, the subtle pranic energy levels. So it's a wonderful and complete science. Then you have karma yoga for an individual who is more into activity, who wants to gain purification of his or her inner self through activity. And karma yoga is performed with an attitude of not looking for the results, but just service, just simple service to humanity, to different projects that they take on with an attitude of not looking for the returns. Then you have bhakti yoga. Bhakti yoga is the yoga for today's world. With bhakti yoga, you can raise, you can refine your emotions, you can raise yourself to a level that you are aligned with the creator. You raise your own emotions to a very pure level and you are able to feel that exhilaration that you experience when you are with a person you love. And that love is of total purity, unconditional love that surrounds the universe. Other hand, you have that physical aspect of yoga, the physical postures, breathing techniques, which actually prepare your body, optimize your body in every way. So in most of the yoga classes around London, we uh, tend to get classes on Ashtanga, Iyengar, Restorative Vinyasa or Kundalini, to name a few. Would you say all of these fall within the realm of the physical aspect of yoga? Because to me, it strikes me that you mentioned there's Kriya Yoga, Swar Yoga, Karma Yoga, and Bhakti Yoga. And these would be the more spiritual aspects of yoga. So the ones that we find here in London, do you think they're more sort of on the physical front of yoga? Well, the names don't imply the physical front, but I do believe that in order to get the full aspect of yogic practice, you need a guru, a teacher who is actually living that life of yoga. I'm not too sure about how your uh, yoga instructors in London are, for that matter, in India. Yoga is a sadhana which was created by Patanjali, Maharishi Patanjali, as Ashtang Yoga. Now that Ashtang Yoga and the yoga that is practiced today as Ashtang Yoga, I personally feel there's a world of difference because if you do not follow all the eight stages, which is Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayam, Pratyahar, Dharna, Dhyan, Samadhi, this is the eightfold path. And if it is not followed in this very manner with the right attitude, with an ability to understand the inner aspects, I do not call it yoga. I call it just skimming the surface, right? So it depends, you see, on what is the objective of the practitioner. If the objective of the practitioner is just physical fitness, then you could call it a yoga class. 
but that is not what the true yogic science is i'm sorry to say mm no that's very fascinating and there's no need to be sorry we love hearing from authentic sources of knowledge about spiritual practices or physical practices that have emerged from the east we love going to the source so we love listening to everything you're saying and informing us about so could you tell us what in your opinion then according to the original definition of yoga makes yoga different to other fitness systems see the yogic science works on your deeper levels of personality every human being today in this world which is moving on the fast track has to deal with a lot of issues be it emotional professional or relationships or their own physical well-being these are challenges that every human being is facing all the time and a complete application of the yogic science is a solution is a solution as in management of all these aspects of one's life the key to getting the best out of your yoga practice is the yamas and the niyamas these are the very first two stages that rishi patanjali talks about and these comprise your uh, interaction with the world and your self discipline which makes life much easier for you and which makes life very balanced so unless you can apply this golden key to your life you're not going to get that sense of fulfillment you'll keep looking here and there we are always looking out for ways of making ourselves grounded creating harmony creating balance but unless these two keys are a part of uh, yoga practice or a life itself yoga is something that should be a part of your day to day life moment to moment life it's not a class where you just go and practice and you do specific postures for the week or for the day and expect a transformation in yourself of course psychologically you do have that impact okay i've gone for a yoga class i've done my practice and i'm feeling great you do feel great that is an ancillary aspect hmm. so in order to draw the best out of it i would like to definitely say that the yamas which are truth non violence non stealing non hoarding and brahmacharya which is walking on the path of dharma if one can adapt this into one's life you're able to cope up with all life situations it's very tough to do it therefore it needs a very balanced body mind combination and that body mind combination does come from your practices but it also comes from a deeper knowledge of the philosophy of yoga which is in the yoga sutras of patanjali and the other aspect is the niyamas which are your own self discipline aspects with which you need to lead your life purity contentment self discipline self study and surrender to the creative energy now the yamas and niyamas can be varied like if you are an individual who wants to just live in this world to experience the world in its full form they can be applied in a manner whereby there is smoothness in your life there's a sense of happiness that permeates your being however if you are getting into yoga as a spiritual practice 
these are the two keys that can get you beyond any level that can connect you completely with the creative energy without this base any kind of yogic practice will not take you to your actual path to your goal make you achieve that sense of fulfillment that you're looking for as a seeker yes i think that the thing with most of our listeners is we all don't have the good fortune or even the desire to you know live a life that doesn't allow us to stay within our worldly desires and our worldly plans so to get the best that we can we still embrace practices from the east but not quite to the extent that you're suggesting but what is good about what you're suggesting is that we now have a knowledge of where it can take us so if we did want to make a decision to embrace yoga at a deeper level your stated facts are going to prove as a great guide for anyone that's curious could you tell us you know a bit about the significance of practices such as surya namaskar or yoga nidra from your perspective well prior to talking about surya namaskar or yoga nidra i'd like to tell you the most important aspect is detoxification of the body surya namaskar cannot be practiced without detoxifying the body so we have uh, practices which are specific to you know the asanas the systems of various practices breathing techniques meditation techniques which detoxify the body once the body is detoxified it is ready to take on a deeper practice surya namaskar can be an aerobic workout but it can also be a very deep spiritual level practice whereby you concentrate on different chakra points as you move from one posture to the other a proper system of breathing a tremendous sense of wanting to draw energy from the sun these are the basic aspects that need to be a part of surya namaskar it's like you know you have a very advanced telephone a mobile phone android phone or whatever and you use it just to make phone calls whereas it has many other amazing features that can be applied it's similar with a practice like surya namaskar uh, surya namaskar can take you to the greatest heights of ecstasy of spiritual growth it can remain merely a sp- uh, physical practice which you feel great it's a good workout however if you can practice surya namaskar with the specific mantras specific breathing techniques awareness of your chakra points and concluding it with the bija mantras which create energy any kind of sanskrit chants create a certain energy in the environment around you and within you so in order to get the fullest benefit of these 24 postures the 12 postures repeated twice over to give you a complete round of surya namaskar and it's mainly the attitude that transforms you completely physically and mentally it gives you that kind of energy that you can cope up with the world you can always go for an aerobic class and just have a good workout or uh, for a dance workout or whatever you have available in the world today but surya namaskar is the most mysterious and the deepest practice 
So for our listeners who may not be as familiar with the mantras or bija mantras, making or setting an intention to gain energy from the sun and practicing at fixed times could serve as a more powerful way of doing Surya Namaskar rather than not having the intention or not setting that goal of drawing energy from the sun. So the difference is quite simple. You just have to have that pure intention of getting the energy of the sun. And this practice suddenly becomes a little more spiritual than just a physical exercise. Yeah, a lot more spiritual. It's the attitude that matters. Whether you're doing Sarvangasana or you're doing Surya Namaskar or you're doing Shashankasana, any posture... It is the attitude that matters. It's, you see, the creative energy responds to attitude. It responds to your inner need. In fact, once you have that inner need to know more about these practices, you will also find the right teacher. You touched the, the, upon this earlier, and I wonder if I could ask you to guide us about how we can go about choosing the right guru, the right teacher, because you have plenty of classes and many choices. What is it that we can look for in teachers to so we choose the right guru? A teacher or rather a guru is one who, you know, shows that in his entire his or her entire personality. That the process that I said of yamas and niyamas. Obviously, any individual can see that in a person, a person who's grounded, who's got these various qualities that are discussed in the yamas and niyamas. That is definitely the most important aspect. And the attitude with which that individual wants to teach you. But I think the most important factor is your intense desire to learn from the right person. And it's like, you know, you fall in love with when a man or a woman falls in love with the other. It's just perfect. The chemistry works. So based on your inner capability or the intent you have, you will find the teacher. However, as you ask me, how do you know whether a teacher is right for you or not? It is just the behavior pattern of that individual. That's all that matters. Because the creative energy is working on all these levels. There are so many teachers. There's so many schools of yoga. You have power yoga and hot yoga and artistic yoga. And I don't know, there are so many different forms of yoga available in the world. But any teacher who is not basing his or her practice on the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, particularly, and the Sankhya Darshan, is definitely not a teacher for a spiritual aspirant. And would you say for people who aren't particularly spiritually inclined to the extent you're stating, yet doing a yoga class with the intention of good health and good connection is still beneficial? Absolutely beneficial. You see, the judgment is based on the kind of yoga program you are being taught by. For example, if you take physical postures, a yoga program that is designed specifically for your need, because every individual's physical state could be different. If you're a basically healthy person and you're going 
for your physical fitness or mental fitness or you know just to feel good the yoga programs needs to have a balance between the forward and backward bending postures the heating breathing techniques and the cooling breathing techniques a very good balance of asan pranayama mudras bandhas meditation and relaxation a well rounded practice is what can help you on a totally physical level which would be definitely different from any other workout because each time you perform a posture you are compressing and relaxing internal organs in the body and sending a fresh rush of blood and prana to them so as you practice your asanas and you practice them on a regular basis that inner transformation within your physical body will definitely occur that mm-hmm. is called the annamaya kosh and then you have the pranamaya kosh that is your nadis you know you have your uh, energy levels within we every human being is composed of positive and negative energy currents so when there's a balance in those two energy currents you will automatically have a sense of well-being even if you're not interested in a spiritual practice there's no problem to that you are balancing the negative and positive currents in your body you're working on the different pranas we have the five main pranas and the upa pranas which is the direction of flow of pranic energy you're rectifying that you're working on detoxifying your body therefore you are keeping yourself in a zone of wellness that itself is a very big thing that itself is wonderful you know yes i couldn't help but think when you were speaking earlier that i would love for our listeners and i'm sure everyone that's tuned in is a big yoga fan i am a big yoga fan i don't believe there is any other form of exercise that is more holistic than yoga just because of what you mentioned about the blood you know a fresh lot of blood going to internal organs i can't help but also think that people who regularly practice yoga become a much better version of themselves and even if they are not totally spiritually inclined they become more aligned with their soul they become more aligned with their more peaceful selves they sort of find a balance that they wouldn't otherwise if they just interacted with the world without a yogic practice and that's what i really love about yoga and i'm sure the listeners are loving this about our interview today what i would love to hear from someone like you because talking to you gives me the sense that i'm talking to a true yogi i would think you've already mentioned there are so many aspects to yoga but i would think more in layman's terms if you could tell us there are many benefits to having a spiritual practice could you share a couple of them with us well see the moment you take on the process of the yamas and niyamas as i said which are basically simple human qualities which we need to imbibe when you talk about truth we're talking about truth in our thought in our word in our deed in our action and non hoarding non stealing these are very simple qualities that declutter our life therefore uh, these kind of qualities being imbibed into our present day world which has tremendous amount of stress is going to create simplicity in your life well in my case i have begun my life as a i mean my career as an air hostess 
and travel the world. I have done various other jobs. I've been a mother. But through this entire thing, I had no idea that there's anything called yoga science. I had no idea about yoga. It's only when I face the negative aspects of my life on this earth that I had a desperation to know, to understand. And my life transformed over the years. And I feel that all the problems that I had in life, I could ride over them. My journey with spirituality began with, strangely enough, with Buddhist breathing techniques. And those breathing techniques were the starting point. And that desperate need for wanting something, something more than what I was experiencing in life, was the starting point. And then the creative energy just took over. And I've had the most tremendous, most beautiful experiences. Today, when I sit here talking to you, I do believe that all the misery that I had and all the disappointment that I had was actually the greatest blessing of my life. You have to have the ability to connect, I think, that's all. Whether you're a practitioner for your physical fitness or you're a practitioner for spiritual growth or you're just in the journey, you're just flowing with the journey. You can begin with wanting to be physically fit and then you slowly, you know, merge into the practice and you benefit so much that you want to move ahead. When you're on a journey that is wonderful, you want to just keep going ahead and discovering more and more. So it's a beginning. Anything is a beginning and anything can lead you very, very far. And very, very far is also a beginning because there's always so much to discover. It's a tremendous storehouse of energy. And it's only the day through your yoga practice or whatever practice you take on that you can get in touch with that unconditional love. You can get your soul connected with that bigger source Till then, the energy is unending and the problems are going to come along the path. However, when you are a practitioner of yoga, you are able to cope up. So it's a method that is available to the entire world and the entire world has a right to it. The only important aspect is the kind of attitude you have towards it. I think that's all that matters. You'll get the right guru with the right qualities. You see, gurus also have a hierarchy. There are different gurus for different levels. Different souls get connected to different aspects of life and death. Similarly, they get attracted to certain gurus. And in fact, a true guru is one that calls the individual to him or her. The universe is just available there for the real, realized soul. And they are able to connect they're looking for people who are seekers, true seekers. And a true seeker can be one who's at the moment leading a very contemporary life and is turning towards maybe a, a simple yoga class just for fitness. But then because he's ready for that journey, it is going to lead one step to the other. Exactly. We're only one intention away from our destiny. And I do agree with everything you've said. Our problems are definitely our blessings. They make us into better individuals. My personal guide to finding a good yoga class or enjoying one is a yoga class that starts with a dedication, you know, a dedication of our practice to Mother Earth or 
to the happiness of the planet, just something bigger than us in our lives. That's one of my ways anyway. We're running out of time, but I thought I should definitely ask you about your charitable work because you have a very, very altruistic life and I would love for our listeners to hear about it. So where is your charity located and what work do you do? Oh, my charity is located in uh, Dehradun, which is at the foothill of the Himalayas. And I work with underprivileged children. I think this has been the greatest blessing from God to me, from the Creator to me, because a service is very essential. This is what Karma Yoga is about. Service with the attitude of just serving. And it adds to my personality. It adds to my inner being and gives me such a tremendous sense of contentment. But at the same time, when you get involved with seva, with charity, you need to make sure. So I'm constantly alert to the fact that I should not have any expectation from this particular task that the creator has given me to work with underprivileged children, to make them more capable human beings. It's a very satisfying and challenging task, but I love it. And it combines well with my spiritual practices. It's like vertical and horizontal growth. I love that. Vertical and horizontal growth. That's lovely. Tell me, where can we learn more about you and your organization? Do you have a website? Yes, I do have. I have two websites. The one pertaining to my charitable work or rather the charity is www.srijanpublicschool.org. That is S-R-I-J-A-N-P-U-B-L-I-C school.org. And we have a get involved section in that where we put in all the aspirations and all our future plans and I'll be very happy if people can view it. And the other one pertaining to the yogic science in particular and to holistic health in particular is www.yogshakti.in. Y-O-G-A-S-H-A-K-T-I dot N. That's excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It was such a pleasure and an honor to have you share authentic yogic knowledge with us. Thank you so much. Thank you very much and the very best to all of you, to all the listeners. Thank you.